0: Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is Casey McLean. I'm recording this episode on December 31st um, from my hotel room in Fort Wayne, Indiana. There was a saga to get here, which I will talk about. Um, I guess first, uh, first though, um, I did my first. Well then no, we'll get into the we'll get into the comedy stuff in a second uh Kyle Seeger retired, which is uh equal parts sad, and you also should be happy for Kyle Seeger. he made over a hundred million dollars in his career. I've said this thing with my dad many times, which is uh if I was Bill Gates and I became someone who made who at some point was the richest man in the world was worth billions of dollars, I'd quit working. Why would you keep working, Bill Gates? I mean, I know there's 80,000 conspiracy theorists out there uh yeah that's right there's 80,000 listeners to this podcast there's a bunch of conspiracies about uh conspiracy theories about um about bill gates i don't give a shit about any of those my point was why would you keep working and i got and i immediately realized that that attitude that both my dad and i have are one of the many contributing factors to us not being bill gates but shout out to Kyle Seeger, who uh, who made over hundred million dollars in his career and retired at a uh, thirty-three or thirty-four years old. Um, I have a suspicion that we could see Kyle Seeger make a make a return to uh, make a return to baseball. He never so he never made the playoffs with the Mariners this is uh, true of every Mariner that's played for the Mariners in the last over twenty years um the other notables are the other notable player is Felix Hernandez who played for the Mariners for a long time and never made the playoffs uh yeah I mean the that franchise is fucked the fact that you have Kyle Seeger who was like a you know, largely an underpaid for his, uh, productivity, um, third baseman, Felix Hernandez. Uh, that's a good head start on a pretty good team and they never made the playoffs. Um, I always liked, I liked Kyle Seeger. I always thought that the Mariners should have experimented with putting him at second base, he played a little bit of second base, I think, in early in his career, and he played it um, in the minors also. And I know he played in college. I believe he played second base in college. but they So they drafted Kyle Seeger the same year as they drafted Dustin Ackley, and I believe those guys were like college best friends. Um, they both played for North Carolina. And I remember like immediately, I I mean, I liked Ackley as a prospect, although I thought he probably didn't have enough power but i thought seeger was like incredibly interesting and especially after you like watched him play a couple years in the minors it seemed like he was going to be a guy who was pretty good and he was it turned out that as it turns out he was pretty good kyle seeger was pretty good and uh yeah i was always I, but i always thought like could you could you squeeze another win above replacement out of him if he played a a little bit tougher position and then maybe you could get you know the third base is like a if you're if you're not familiar with baseball, there's kind of like a a center of the field, the positions in the center of the field um require a special type of athleticism. So, catcher, pitcher, uh shortstop, second base, center field, and then most everyone who plays second base or plays shortstop could play third base and maybe not necessarily first base, but most of them could probably play first base also uh, from like a defensive perspective. And then center field, most of those guys could play either left or right field also. Some of them maybe don't have a good enough arm, but I always thought if you moved Kyle Seeger to the center of the field, could you get a guy that could hit a little uh, better than whoever was playing second base for the Mariners? Basically, you trade whoever the bad second baseman is, and they've had, I think since Brett Boone, They've had like a little bit of a revolving door. Now I'm thinking that, but now I'm wondering if my, what do they have? Jose Lopez for a while. There was the, um, you know, an underrated bad Mariners trade is the Carlos Guillen trade that traded a very good shortstop, very good hitter uh, that could probably have played third base. According to my last part of this, he ended up playing some outfield and DH also for, uh, God, what was that guy's name? Was it Luis Rivas? No, that can't be right. Uh, God, it was like it was just like they were running Carlos Guillen out of town, man. And then that dude, let's see, it is yeah, Carlos Guillen. And so Carlos Guillen, God, this is my fucking stupid baseball knowledge. They got Carlos Guillen. There was a time when the Mariners were making these trades where it was like. The team was mad, but then they would just immediately get, like, a great asset in return. Um, So they traded, like, so the first big trade was Randy Johnson, who they traded for Freddie Garcia, John Halama, and uh, Carlos Guillen. And then they traded him for, a oh, Ramon Santiago, that's who it was, who was, like, a glove-only shortstop that played for, uh, it was, like, the Detroit farm system, maybe had been in the majors a little bit. And who uh, ended up back in Detroit very quickly. But, so that, that trade, they, Freddie Garcia was very good. Did, I think Freddie Garcia might have won a Cy Young. He was like a multiple-time all-star. And um, John Halama had like a couple productive years, and Carlos Guillen was very good. And then they traded Ken Griffey Jr. for Mike Cameron, who was better than Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, from like a wins above respect, to, wins above replacement Perspective. I think every year of their respective careers after that maybe Cameron might have retired before um, before Griffey. So anyways, this is a lot of just me giving you factual information um, before getting to my saga, the saga that led to me. Listen, are there not enough podcasts about comedians complaining about um, their travel situation? Also I'm staying I'm staying in a hotel I guess for the privacy of future comedians who perform here. I'm not going to say which hotel it is. It's very nice though. But I, uh I am conscious of the fact that there are people walking through the hallway that are going to hear me just complaining like a diva. So here's the the if you live in Seattle, you know we had a lot of snow or the Seattle area, we had a lot of snow. We're we're particularly we're not great at dealing with the snow, but I also defend uh I defend the northwest and how we deal with snow. We do a couple of silly things. One is we don't salt the roads because they're worried that some of that salt may run into the Puget Sound and affect the salmon, I believe is the reason. And that's I think that's just in Seattle specifically. But the thing about the Midwest, people in the Midwest who say, who brag about how good the Midwest is at driving in the snow, it's all fucking flat. There's no change in elevation. I took a picture of the, of the, I don't even know what state we were over, but it was just flat as far as the eye could see. Of course you can drive in the snow. There's no elevation change. Gravity's not even affecting you in that case. Maybe your own inertia, but not gravity. That's where you run into problems. Like, like, um, Tacoma Comedy Club. My, my, uh, past podcast guest and my buddy Harry Riley was making fun of, uh, uh, so our, our mutual friend Gabriel Rutledge and past podcast guest, dear friend of mine, dear, dear friend, with whom I will be performing hopefully at, uh, North Bend Theater January 21st. Um, His shows got canceled because of the snow. They were supposed to be the, uh, he was supposed to have a show the day after Christmas and it got canceled because of snow. And then Harry was making fun of that. And it's like, dude, we got, I mean, Spokane has some hills. It's more hilly than fucking Indiana, but it's pretty flat. What they call, they have a something that's called Mount Spokane. It's a glorified hill. Um, so anyway, because of this, as a precautionary measure, I rented a hotel room uh, basically across the street from the airport, from SeaTac Airport. It's not actually across the street, but it's very close. So that I could, I didn't have to worry about waking up. My flight was very early. it was uh, Takeoff was scheduled for 5.47 a.m. It's a super busy travel holiday weekend, and I didn't know. I have clear, but clear only gets you in the gate. I, uh, what I did not anticipate and I'm, which makes me very happy that I showed up to the airport on time is that American airlines, uh, their checked bag line was like a 45 minute wait to check a bag. And so <sighs> I get there, I get to the ho. Oh, this is a, this is a, I get to the hotel in uh SeaTac by the SeaTac airport. And, uh, I check in, I had, a. Uh, I parked my car at my sister's house for, uh, cause she lives somewhere near the airport. So I, um, she drives me there. I, uh, get into the hotel room, get all my shit set down and I'm like, okay, I find I'm in the place that I'm going to be. I'm hunkered down. I can relax. Cause it's like all just so high anxiety leading up to this trip. And, uh, I was like, okay, I'm finally <clears throat> I'm going to have a beer and then I'm going to go down and uh, get some food at the restaurant inside of this hotel. And I get to the hotel or get to the restaurant and there's there's these freezers that have like hot pockets and shit like that in them. And I'm like, well, I, the restaurant looks kind of closed, so I'm just going to grab one of those. And then I go to pay for it and these ladies in front of me or not in front of me. They were behind me. They were like, "Oh, sorry, we didn't." And I was like, "You know what? Go ahead. You're fine. I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing." They ordered 3 bacon cheeseburgers from this lady. She was like they were like, "Oh, are you still making food?" Yeah. 3 This lady watched me let these people in front of me, by the way. Uh these three ladies. 3 bacon cheeseburgers. They're going to make them. And uh I go up and I'm like, Oh, we can order regular food. She's like, nope, sorry. Restaurant's closed. I feel like, listen, I get that you have to, there's a labor shortage and, uh, you know, whatever. I tweeted about this, but you gotta be, I, that, so this is like the first of many red lights that I have faced in this, on this fucking trip. So anyway, I wake up the next morning. It's, uh, wake up at 3 a.m., get my, my bearings about me, slam a Red Bull. And I uh, get to the airport. Stand in this forty-five minute line. I showed up early enough, thank God, because otherwise I'd be stuck in fucking Seattle still. Um, get onto the plane. The plane is uh, supposed to take off five forty-seven a.m. And they announce at five forty-seven a.m. that they're they need, they're going to get deiced. They got well, uh, there's. I don't understand what deicing. What that is is. Does somebody. Like stand up with a big scraper and just scrape off the windshield. I don't really necessarily understand it, but <clears throat> the plane needs to be de iced so there uh you know, there'll be a slight delay. And then we found out that the de icing guys are uh late. They haven't shown up yet. And then we find out that they there's like uh like a what do they call it? It's like a it pulls the plane out of like the parking spot. Whatever that is. Uh that thing's not working. They can't They can't pull them out because of all this ice. And uh, so now we're like pretty delayed. And they were like, okay, so the the de-icing has finally started. And it's like 7 o'clock at this point. They're like, of course we realize you're all going to miss your connecting flights. Um, We apologize for that. They will have a plan for you at the airport. Well, I happen to know what all of the connecting flights are to Fort Wayne. And I picked the one that I picked on purpose because, one, it had the shortest layover But two, it got me into Fort Wayne with enough time to get, like, into the hotel, situated, go to the comedy club. So I'm like, fuck. Well, if that's the case, I got to try to figure out, like, another option because I'm, like, I'm fucked. I'm going to be fucked here. And so I uh, got onto Expedia. And as, like, a last-ditch thing, I was like, well, I will reserve a rental car in Chicago which is where my layover is and the last thing that I want to do is the fucking middle of winter in the Midwest I guess it's the beginning of winter it's not the middle of winter but in December in the Midwest the last thing I want to do is to drive from Fort Wayne or from Chicago to Fort Wayne Indiana these two pl- I've been to Chicago but not a lot and I've ne- I've been to Indiana but I've never been to Fort Wayne and I've certainly never driven in either of these cities so then I'm, I have to, so I, uh, by the way, they fuck you. They fuck you. The the rental companies, they fuck you. We'll get to that in a moment, I suppose. Um, so I'm on the, I'm on the app and I'm chatting with someone on the American Airlines app. And uh, I was like, well, we're going to take off soon. Like I would like a resolution because I need to like get the, like get a, transferred to another flight from chicago to fort wayne or i need to cancel it get a credit and i'm gonna need to rent a car and they're like okay well we'll figure it out i'm like i'm taking off in moments i'm gonna lose connection and i think i almost feel like the lady on there like slow played me so because she knew that would happen and so i um i uh i don't have anything resolved and i i reached like a point of like acceptance where it's like i have a last ditch solution if i can't find a better solution i have something in place um oh and the other thing i need is my carry on or my uh, my checked bag off of that fucking plane <laughs> because i have all my merch in there luckily i had i had the foresight to cuz a lot of times what i'll do is i'll pack my merch and all of my like show clothes in my merch bag but I had the foresight to go, like, well, if I get fucked on this merch bag, because it's a layover flight, I try, I'm like, a, I will try to take a direct flight no matter what. That's my, I never want to take a non direct flight, but I certainly don't trust, uh, the baggage handlers to perfectly execute getting my bag there, even if I didn't miss my connection. But then having missed my connection, I was like, I'm going to be completely fucked. Uh, so I'm like, you know, trying to get my my I'm chatting with this person, trying to get my checked bag um off of there. And then I just I resigned myself to like I have a I have a backup plan if necessary. Um and I fell asleep. I don't know if it's age or whatever, but I've this year I've really I've been able to sleep on planes. I've never in my life before this been able to sleep on a plane. And I've I slept from Part of it is getting onto a plane just exhausted out of your fucking mind will help. So waking up at three in the morning after like three and a half hours of sleep and um, uh, a week of being anxious about this whole thing, um, I slept. I slept for like an hour, hour and a half, and I woke up and I was like, you know what? I got to... I got to figure this out. I have all this time in the air. I hate the idle time in the air. If I can't, I do consider sleep uh, when I need it to be like productive. If you can do that on the plane, I do find that to be, I do consider that to be productive, to a good use of that time. But I was like, I have this, I got to figure this situation out. And so I tried to get on the app. Of course, you have to buy the Wi Fi. You have to buy the wi-fi to use the american airlines app it's com- they're fucking thieves these are they're fucking these are villains these these uh these airlines sometimes so i uh i paid 25 to use it get everything squared away they're like you can get your uh you know figure it out with the gate agent and uh, they'll they'll get your bag taken off and everything will be okay they're, they're always very reassuring a lot of, like, I have a feeling there's, like, uh, I, my suspicion is that the chat folks for American Airlines, English isn't their first language, they always have a name that's, like, very, like, you're like, that is an American. Like, I talked to Kellyanne. One of the people was named Kellyanne. And I don't think Kellyanne is a name native to, like, the Philippines or India. But I also don't think that Kellyanne was a Kellyanne um I think there's like these like my suspicion is there's because everyone said no worries and everyone said like kind of the same version of it's gonna be okay don't worry about it and um I uh so anyways I get I get to Chicago I made I made one brief mistake which is you get to the Chicago airport they're like talk to your gate agent you think that it's like well it's going to be obvious where that is I walk all the way to almost to baggage claim and I was like I should make sure that I uh am not like fucking myself and go and ask this information guy like where is the American Airlines gate agent and I walk so I when I got out it was like terminal K6 I think and I pissed. Went to this information guy who was around K two, and he told me that the that the gate agent was at was at K eight. Another fucking red light. I've gone the wrong direction. And these are like long. Like I these are if you're uh, familiar with SeaTac Airport, these gate this these gates are longer than that. They're much longer than that. They're very. It was a long distance, big airport, big busy airport, and a big busy airport. And so I um, I go talk to this lady, and she goes, uh, "Oh, there's like a full conversation going on outside my hotel." Hold on, I'm gonna turn it up and see if we can capture this gold. Oh no, I think it's over. Anyway, so I um, I wonder how many people check their phone there and were like, "Is this fucking podcast?" Did it did my podcast app crash? Uh I go to the gate agent and she's like, I was like, I need to get my check bag off, and she goes, Oh yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be by the way, I hate the I hate Chicago accents now after this experience. Um, she's like, Oh yeah, it'll be fine. Actually, the lady I talked to, I think, was uh from India, but the like in in person I talked to her and she was from India. The lady next to her had just like she sounded like a she was doing a bad fargo impersonation and um so they're like yeah we'll get it we'll get your uh, we'll get your bag don't worry we'll put in the request just check uh check uh what do they call it claim 5 baggage claim check uh claim 5 in about 10 15 minutes it should be there and i was like okay so i go out there i wait about well, seven minutes, if I'm being honest. I was not, I, like, I can't, I'm running out of minutes. I need to squeeze every fucking minute I can. So if I, if by talking to someone, I can get my bag two minutes earlier, it's going to be cut close. It is, I've now decided it's a, by the way, this is what I decided is I am doing this drive. I am in Chicago. I am doing this drive. I'm, uh, I've committed to it, but now it's getting to the point where it's like, because I went, I walked the wrong way. I took the pee. I, uh, I, uh, have to wait for this bag that like it needs to happen soon and so i'm actually glad i did this because i go and talk to the actual baggage people in the in the uh um in the baggage claim area by the way seems like there's a real class divide they were very uh they very much hated the snooty women at the at the they call it upstairs did they tell you that upstairs i said I was like uh okay so it's like 10 15 minutes and she's like Pah! they always say that upstairs uh it's going to be 45 60 minutes and I was like and I'm I'm trying to do anything I can to make this stop to make it better and I was like I needed it to be faster I'm fucked I'm completely fucked if I don't get that bag I'm completely fucked this isn't completely true I had a pair of jeans I have a couple t-shirts in my bag this is like my emergency uh by the way I've been I'm I'm actually very proud of myself because I've been assertive and proactive at every stage of this. I got the hotel to get there early. I figured out the rental car before the plane took off. Um I was already in communication. I already had, had you know, some of these preliminary uh things going on. I had some wheels in motion when I hit the ground in Chicago. And then I had like, you know, hard cutoffs. If this if this doesn't get figured out, I got to make a decision now. And so I tell this i'm like i'm fucking fucked i lied to her i was like i my suit is in that suitcase i have a funeral at 7 p.m which is not true um i didn't say anyone specific that had died because uh bad karma or whatever so then i uh i go out and i thought like i guess i didn't realize this i thought at the chicago airport i'd just go like i go to a um like a rental car counter i assumed it would be like at the airport it's not you have to take a fucking shuttle bus to the to so at this point i'm looking on google maps and if I, I'm the show is at 7 30 and i'm looking on the uh Yeah, first show in this comedy club's history, by the way. So in a normal circumstance, what I might have done is just taken a later flight. If they already had a scene and a roster of comics established, they might've been able to get like an emergency feature. Nobody's coming to this show for me. Okay. And so, but this is a club, it's its first weekend. They don't know the scene here. They don't have a deep roster of comics. It's and and i love the people that own this club they have been the most supportive to me of any club in the country and i and i am truly fucking honored that they let me do new year's eve weekend the first new year's there and then it turned into the first weekend in the club's operation first weekend of operation in the club's history which is really fucking cool i'm very honored to be doing that, I'm working with Steve Renazzisi, who's a comic that I like. And a very nice guy, by the way. So um when I check the Google Maps while I'm at O'Hare Airport in Chicago, and when I'm getting on the shuttle bus, it says that if I was leaving right now for Fort Wayne, Indiana, I'd get there at 6.45 p.m. But we still have to drive this fucking shuttle bus. So take the shuttle bus to Enterprise. I get to I get to the rental place. I try to walk up to the Enterprise counter. There's nobody at the fucking counter. Again, I walk up to a guy who looks annoyed that I'm talking to him. And I go, Hey, man, what, uh, where the fuck do I do for Enterprise? He goes, Oh, Enterprise isn't down here anymore. This isn't, there's no signage that says this, by the way. Enterprise, you got to go up this escalator to the top level and, uh, they'll be up there. So I go up there and I get in there and I go to the Enterprise. I go, Hey, man, uh, I'm like, I have a car reservation and he's like, oh, great. Let me see your stuff. I go, can I just say I'm in a really big fucking hurry and uh nobody's like nobody's helped. He's like, oh, dude, we'll be fine. We'll get you. We'll get you out of here quick. And shout out to that guy because we I was driving that car away within about six minutes of arriving at this thing. So now I'm my thing says uh I'm going to get there at like 657. I'm going to get to Fort Wayne, Indiana, Summit City Comedy Club, 657. I'm driving along. Um, I also, I did a, no, you know what, the the time was, uh, the time got a little better because uh, Enterprise has this thing where you can get like, because Chicago has a bunch of fares and shit on their freeway, or uh, yeah, is that what they're called, fares? Uh, tolls, they're called tolls. They have a bunch of tolls, and he was like, well, we can give you a toll pass so that you don't have to stop for those. And I was like, please, whatever it costs, I don't give a shit. Just please, yes, I need... Time is worth more to me than money right now. And uh, so I get into this, into this rental car. I'm driving. I've managed to get on the freeway without too many wrong turns. I get on the freeway, and then there's a thing called the express lane that skips a bunch of local exits, and then the regular lanes. There's one lane that's the express lane. It whys off from the rest. It forks off from the rest. And then there's all these local exits that, uh, we have them in Seattle too. They're like, uh, it's so that you can skip the traffic. Right. So I'm driving along. We're, we're not really going much faster than those three lanes, but I, on my maps, it says there's a slowdown coming up and I'm like, well, I need to be in the express lane then because, At least I'll be able to avoid that slowdown. Maybe I'll win back. It's like a six-minute slowdown, it said. Well, I think that the six-minute slowdown was an average of all of the cars on Google Maps. And a couple miles later, I come to a complete stop in the express lanes. While the the other lanes are driving at full speed, which makes me think that the Google algorithm doesn't understand that there's multiple lanes there and doesn't understand that you're going to get completely fucked if you go. So the express lane is one lane, and it's got barriers on both sides, and there's an accident at the end of this fucking express lane, which I only figured out when I pulled up Twitter and put in, like, I-294, which I think is the highway in Chicago. I pulled that up, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And 41 minutes before I looked it up, this, acc- this backup was 41 minutes old. When I found it on Twitter, and so i uh I'm just like sitting there, I'm fucking stopped, I'm sending like I'm sending pictures of this to the comedy club owner, like I'm fucked, I'm trying to do every goddamn thing I can, I've tried to do every single thing, I'm trying to make it me myself unstoppable, and i'm fucked, I'm fucked, I'm watching cars drive sixty miles an hour if I had gone in that lane I'd be fucking in fort Goddamn Wayne by now and because it, it's by the way it's a three and a half hour drive on roads I've never driven on before and uh finally it starts moving and now between i had uh i had rerouted onto some toll roads which is a little faster and uh and but I had lost time in this backup so now I'm back at like now i'm going to arrive at like 705 shows at 730 uh i'm going to arrive at 705 by the way wearing sweatpants a sweaty t-shirt a hoodie um no merch i'm going to be super stressed out i haven't eaten the whole day because nothing was open when i got to seatac. no no fucking restaurants were open um maybe McDonald's but no no other restaurants god it's very distracting to have um the crew out there <sighs> anyways i so i <laughs> i haven't eaten i'm underslept i drank one red bull i haven't even had a coffee after that i'm frazzled and as i as i'm driving i'm driving i'm driving uh, the time starts to go down, and now we're at like I don't know six fifty five. I'm going to arrive at six fifty five according to this, and about about a hundred miles out of Indiana, I'm like I'm gonna ha- I gotta piss. Um, but I'm like I I'm committed. I gotta I gotta get there on time. I can piss when I get there. Also like, I mean, this is like gross, but I'm not wearing the pants that I'm going to wear on stage in my bag. I have a change of underwear in my bag. I have a change of pants. I'll be okay. If I piss myself, I'll be fine. We can figure this out. Let's get moving. Let's keep it moving. And then I take a turn. I hate the, I hate the thing where it says like we found a route that's three minutes faster because a lot of times what that means is it's, A lot, a lot of times when they reroute you off of the freeway to save three minutes, it's like there's 7,000 turns. And by the time you get to those turns, other people have made the same decision because they're also using Google Maps. This wasn't that bad, but it put me on a, it took me off of like a three lane freeway and put me on a, like a one lane or a two lane, sorry, a six lane freeway onto like a two lane, like one lane each direction highway. And I'm driving along, I'm doing fine. And then I see this truck, uh, on the side and this motherfucker pulls, I'm doing 55 in a, in a 50. He pulls out me and everybody behind me have to slam on our brakes. Luckily, by the way, this is the other thing is luckily the weather in Chicago and Indiana is unseasonably warm. So the, the streets are bare. Thank God I wouldn't even do it. If it was, if it was snowy, I wouldn't have done it. I would have lived up to the Northwest stereotype. I would have dealt, I would have had them replace me on the show and, uh, showed up late and been fine, which would have sucked. But if you remember, if you're a loyal listener to this podcast, that same thing, this, uh, I showed up late to a day late to the, uh, Bricktown comedy club in Oklahoma City because of a, a flight issue also, or basically just a busy travel weekend. But anyway, um, so I don't hit this guy, but then I, I pass him. It's pretty uneventful until I get to the comedy club. Did I miss anything? And then, uh yeah, I mean, I had like an okay set. wasn't perfect. I did some material that I haven't been doing recently because I also, I don't have my merch to sell, so I didn't want to do, I didn't have to do the joke that I sell merch on. And um I... Wanted to try a couple new things. I th- I threw a joke in in the middle that it's not like I tr- I'm trying to figure out where to put it in my act, and I put it in the middle of a joke that I think it would go well in, and like every part of that joke did well, but it made such a weird transition, uh, back to the original joke that was fucked up. And then I had a I had a whiskey and a gumball head IPA from, what is that, Three Floyds. And then I uh, drove me and old Steve Renna's EC back to the, the hotel room. And then I needed to eat. I still hadn't eaten. I had managed to jam another Red Bull into my body, but I still had not eaten. And so I went to, I tried to find a place to eat, and it was very difficult. And finally I went to this kind of divy bar called Henry's and had maybe how oh man, it was like almost good, uh, grilled chicken breast, wild rice, fries, and about four or five, uh, bells, hard at IPAs. Cause I needed to like bring my, my, uh, world down a little bit. And then crazy. I'm like about to leave. I'm literally walking to the bathroom to uh after i think i had three beers at this point and i'm just walking to the bathroom before i leave and these two ladies go hey and i was like hey and they go we were at the show and they were like uh these ladies um uh to be because you know i gotta be a gentleman they're older than me but let's not call them old ladies that's not uh that's not nice they're uh these these two nice ladies who took a picture with uh steve and i they were also, the other only two other people in Indiana wearing masks, I think. And, um, I, they were like, you mentioned your, uh, kid on stage, but I noticed that you didn't talk about her very much. And it's funny because I do a lot of material about my daughter, but because I wasn't selling merch, all those jokes are like the merch jokes. And I'm only doing 20 minutes on, uh, on stage this weekend. So I'm like, I'm going to try to, th- I'm going to get some of these other jokes in that I haven't told in a while. And I was like, "Oh my God, that's I wish that you hadn't seen this show because one, I was so frazzled, but two, uh, I didn't do any of that material i'm I have a bunch of material about that, and they were like, um, anyways, they might come to the show tonight, but I got I was like show- like I don't like an old lady myself, I was showing pictures of my daughter, and we were talking about kids and stuff, and it was really cool uh and about, it's, I think it's like 10 miles away from the. Maybe it's five or six miles away from the club. Like strange to run into them there. But apparently this Henry's place is like the only late night place in uh, Fort Wayne. I now I'm worried that I've called this Indianapolis a bunch. And I don't really care about the feelings of the people of Fort Wayne. It would just be confusing. So Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, <laughs> by the way, please come see me do stand up. I am with... uh where am i at January 20th I'll be at Happy Hour Olympia um January 21st unless we reschedule um, uh it'll be North Bend Theater me and Gabriel Rutledge February 4th and 5th Coeur d'Alene, Idaho um February 19th I will be at the Rendezvous in Seattle uh I think I'm going to try to do I'm going to host and headline We'll see how that goes. Um, otherwise, thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow me everywhere at the Casey McLean. Share it with a friend, a loved one, a coworker. Thank you again, and uh, happy New Year! I hope you had a good one. I will do another podcast after New Year's, probably probably tomorrow morning, as I'm recording this. And then uh, we have some. I have a guest lined up that we're going to do an interview. Uh, week one of 2022 provided neither of us have COVID by then. And, um, it'll come out probably third podcast of the year. So thank you for listening. Also, um, I have a couple other podcast things coming up that I guess I'm not going to announce them yet, but they'll be out. I'll talk about them on here. Thank you for listening. Happy new year. I love you. Bye.